Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Success Design with Beth Shankel Anderson. I'm your host, of course. I am Beth Shankel Anderson, and I'm really excited for today's show. Uh, my guest is Rick Morgan, and let me read you a little bit about Rick um, before we put him on the line. Uh, Rick has been a professional speaker for nearly four decades. <clears throat> Excuse me and has spoken to over 3 million people live, as well as countless others on the radio and TV. So, Rick, why don't, we, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we well, move on? Well, let me tell them about us getting together. We've been fine <laughs> since March, and it was nip and tuck today, folks. We were afraid we weren't even going to make it on the air until about 10 minutes ago. So, tell, yes. me, tell you a little bit about myself. Well, you did a good job. I mean, there's nothing really to tell. Um yeah, sometimes I like the guests to go ahead and, and say what they think is important because, you know, what I think is important about your life can't compare to what you think. But, uh, but yes, let's let everybody know that we are happy to hook up today and uh, put on a great show for our listeners. Well, it, I could tell you a couple of things about me. One is that I have been a businessman most of my life. I formed my first corporation. Now, I'm not saying started a company. I'm saying started a corporation at 16, and I have started 21 corporations uh, altogether and three nonprofit organizations. So don't talk to me about not being able to do anything with your life. If you get up off the couch and turn the TV off and you go out, you can do a lot of things. And um, my belief is that if you have a dream, you can do it because, believe me, I've had dreams and and. Well, I'm not the type of person to talk about my dream until things are happening because I think that puts negative power to it. But once things begin to happen, you can make it happen. I mean, I lost 100 and am maintaining a 160-pound loss, and that took some effort. And the maintenance of that is, is really harder than losing the weight. But I set the goal, and, I'm, and I was able to do it. And I'm not any kind of special genius or... Anything like that, anything I can do, anybody can do. Right. Well, that's a that's a very um, very great message for our listeners uh, that they can do whatever you can do. And 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 just in looking here, it's you know it's really hard for me to to read your bio because you have so many great things that you've done. Um, and one, of course, is your book, uh, Keep It Simple and Smart, also um, known by the um, by the uh, what do you call it an, an anagram or a um, um, it's called kiss, kiss. It's called kiss, kiss. yeah, yeah. Um, and um, it was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize in 2009. So congratulations on that. That must have Thanks. taken a lot of a lot of work. Well, you know, <laughs> here we go again. Uh, not really. I wrote that book and edited it and had it out in probably less than three months. Hmm. I have two books coming out this week. So, you know, there's another uh, something you can do. If you want to write, write. And, and the editors will clean it up, although editors don't do as good a job as they used to. I was reading a book from HarperCollins, one of the major publishers, and it had mistakes all through it. And I was astounded. Hmm. And I thought, you know, they're not doing as careful a job as they once did because of the dumbing down of America. I bet there's people who read that book that don't even know there's mistakes in it. Mm. Um, I mean, like they had the word still, S-T-I-L-L-L. Oh. That's just poor. That's poor editing. 
And somebody should have caught that in the process. So, um, but I make sure that my books are very carefully edited uh, because I'm self-published. Right, right. Well, it sounds it like you done... honor... Go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like you did a great job with it, with being nominated for the Pulitzer, and um, and sometimes your own your own edits. Um, I have um, I've uh, published a few articles um, in the Fort of Bar Journal, and um, some of the smaller journals, and uh, and it's like they um, they don't really get what you're trying to say, and sometimes you or, or someone that's closer to you are your best editors. Um, right. And I know my husband is is a is my best editor because he has an English degree. <laughs> so well, that's helpful. But uh, well, but, it took me thirty nine tries to get the the key uh, uh, kiss done. Once I had done about thirty nine, I thought I hope this is the last one, and sure enough, it was. And it's little things that you miss: a misspelled word, uh, a proposition at the end of the sentence, something like that. And and what happens is a is a, a writer is we don't read our book. Um, I have another book called The Train of Tomorrow was my first book, and it's a big book. It's the history of General Motors' Train of Tomorrow in the late 40s. And that was done by Indiana Press. And when they send you the galleys for that kind of thing, you literally have to sit there and read it word by word. You can't read it sentence style. You can't read it paragraph style. You have to read through that whole book word by word. But then you're not really reading it. And to be truthful, I have never actually sat down and read that book. I've done it for editing purposes, and you do it as you write, but I have never actually sat down and read that book cover to cover. And I've met a lot of writers who are in the same position. They've never really read their work. Wow. Well, let's move on and talk about your uh, your book. It's called Keep It Simple and Smart. And from what I've read, it's based on something called the KISS philosophy. What does that mean? Keep it simple and smart. Uh, that's the philosophy. Uh, we live so complicated lives, or so, Beth, would you believe I'm a professional speaker? We live very complicated lives, and by simplifying our lives, we can do a whole lot more with our lives. And in the same process of simplifying, we have to make smart decisions and we can live what I call a saner life. We run around and do stuff we have no business even doing. I mean, it's just time killing. And to simplify your life, a lot of people think of that as a poverty, that you become poor if you simplify your life. And the fact is, is that you actually become uh, a person in a better uh, financial position because you don't spend money on stuff you don't need. For example, I have a friend that has four of those little storage warehouses full of stuff and a house full of stuff. And I, and he keeps talking about the fact that he doesn't have enough money. And I said, if you go in there and start listing this stuff item by item on eBay, over time you probably would realize a few thousand dollars because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised what people buy online. Well, he uh, he still hasn't done it, but another friend, uh, interestingly enough, in Louisville, we talked about Louisville earlier, um, did just that. He had three storage containers and household stuff, and he wound up with $28,000. Wow. Just wow. by simplifying his life. 
by not having to complicate it with material goods. Now, when I'm talking about simplifying your life, the first thing that comes to people's minds is material things. But it's everything. It's all parts of your life. You have to simplify your life mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. You have to start thinking differently. Uh, There are four keys in the book. The first key is thought. The second key is choice. And the third key is action. The fourth key I don't talk about on the air because I want people to buy the book and read it. But we don't know how to think. Uh, We depend on other people to tell us how to think. We're in the political season right now. And everybody's telling us how we should vote, how we should think, how we should... Well, you know, I don't know who I'm going to vote for and never have until I get in the voting booth and close the group. Last time, I voted for somebody that really wasn't even on the ballot. I wrote in Hillary Clinton. I thought she was the one that needed to be the president, so I wrote her in. And people said, well, no, you wasted your vote. And I said, no, that was my conscience, and that's how I voted. And it turned out that a lot of people voted for her, wrote her in in that election. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't the only one who was an independent thinker. That's the key right there, is that you have to learn to become a very independent thinker. You have to be a person who makes your decisions for yourself because you have thought it through. Not because somebody else has told you what to do, but because you believe it's right for you. You have to live your life, Beth. There's nobody but you who's a better Beth than you are. Um, So your life is is your decision-making process, and that's the second thing is choice. You need to make the right decisions, and don't be put off by people who tell you, well, who do you think you are? You can't do that. This family doesn't do stuff like that. Well, it's my choice to do that. And in the choice-making process, we have to take as much care in thinking the choices through as we do in, in the thinking process. The thinking process is not exactly like you think it is. We think that we think from uh, the top down, and actually we think from the bottom up. And the thought actually doesn't come till the end but it's from the bottom. It's from what we believe. That's the very bottom is our belief system. And our thoughts are based upon the belief system and then goes through a series of steps. And it's, boy, it takes no time at all for it to happen. I mean, it's instantaneous. There's no computer faster. But, you know, if you can learn to think independently, if you can learn to think about truth with a capital T, and truth with a capital T is just the fact just an event. It just happens. When we start adding qualifiers, we start adding adjectives and adverbs to it to make it more palatable to our thought processes, then we get into the territory known as truth with a small t. Truth with a capital T is, for an example, the World Trade Center was attacked and collapsed. That's truth with a capital T. There's nothing there about it's tragic, it's awful, people died or anything. It's just the facts. And a lot of people get themselves in trouble when they start adding the qualifiers to it. What we need to do is eliminate those qualifiers, begin to think about truth as it really is, and it's just the event. Then we move into choice. 
And then we make the choices of the direction that we're going to take in our lives. I heard a quote this week from a friend of mine who's a professional speaker who said, you know, no two seconds are alike in a lifetime. And he's right. We need to learn to live one minute at a time, actually one second at a time, because it changes. Something changes in that second. And when we can learn to embrace that and say, I'm going to do the best I can right now, that changes things. Because the past is over. It's dead. There's nothing you can do to change the past. And unfortunately, death is as much a part of life as life itself. We don't know if we're going to be here 10 minutes from now. So all you have is this moment. And you learn to make the choices that put you in the moment. Then you go into action. And this is where people fail. They have great ideas. They make wonderful choices. But then they fail to go into action because the doubt creeps in. And people start telling them you can't do this. People start saying, uh, you'll fail, and they buy into it. They listen to those people because they've been authority figures, parents, teachers, ministers, other friends. Oh, don't do that, guy. You know, you know you're going to fail at it. Thousands of people a day fail. Well, yeah, thousands of people a day do fail, but thousands of people a day succeed. And failure is not bad. Failure is good because if you fail, you know what not to do in the future. That's a long answer to your question, but <laughs> no, it's a great answer. I uh, I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed hearing it. I uh, I love to gather knowledge from different sources, and I'm sure my listeners do too. And uh, and I, I thank you for that um, elongated answer because um, it is true that we do we do make goals, and a lot of times we don't follow through with action. Because we doubt ourselves, and that doubt is the death of our goals. So, well, the yeah. one thing I want people to understand about the book uh, Kiss, keep it simple and smart, is it's not meant to be a motivational book. If you're going to go out and buy a motivational book, I would buy Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It is not an inspirational book. If you want an inspirational book, go out and buy something from Norman Vincent Peale. What this is is a, a guidebook or a set of instructions. You see, we're born with a set of tools. We can actually go through our whole life and not rely on anybody else to help us make our decisions, to guide our lives. But most of us, at a very early age, take those sets of tools and we put them in the closet and they rust and they don't get used. And what this book is really about, it's the instructional manual. It's how to take those tools clean them off, keep them handy, and use them every day. And you'll rely less on other people. You'll learn how to become an independent thinker. You'll learn to make better choices. You will learn how to go into action and stay into action. I mean, when you start a corporation, I was telling tell the audience that before we started that I started the corporation on May 1st of one year, and I was the only employee in the company. By May 1st of the following year, I had 2,500 employees. Now, if that isn't going with a, a dream, and if I can do that, anybody can do it. I'm not anything special. I'm not super intelligent. I'm not, you know, anything that, that God didn't put here, that he hasn't put others like me. 
But the fact is that I have been a person who thinks it through, who makes the right kinds of choices, and then I go into action. And the action is the is the you know the third key. And without it, nothing gets done. Every day, some guy tonight on his drive home from work will come up with this marvelous idea, and he'll think it through and he'll plan it out in his mind. But it'll never happen because he won't go into action. So you can you can change the world because see I'm not about starting a company and becoming rich. I'm about starting a company and and employing other people. That's really why I was really happy to have 2,500 people. That takes a sizable payroll and all of the things that go with it. You have to have literally floors of the building to house these people and to work. But you see, there's a factor there for every person that you hire you impact the lives of a lot of other people. You impact their spouse, their children. Maybe they're supporting their parents. You impact the grocer. You impact the pharmacist. You impact the car manufacturer. So every person that you hire and pay a full-time salary to, their impact spreads. And so you're actually making a contribution far beyond, I hired this guy to work for me. Right, right. That's true. Um, the uh, impact to the community, uh, both your own and also to individuals and their families, um, can be immeasurable with with owning your own business. Well, actually, there is a there is a formula, and it the impact uh, is something like seven to one. For every employee you hire, seven other people are directly impacted. So if I had 2,500 employees, seven times 2,500, we're looking at what, about 140,000 people somewhere in that neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Or 14,000? 14,000. So, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Never it's, a, it's, it's okay. I'm not expecting you to know math. <laughs> no, no math. I um, um, I wanted to ask you, um, why are making choices so difficult? Well, we have been taught to doubt ourselves. That's a taught thing. That's not something we come by naturally. You can just as easily have a child that's born and you constantly are encouraging them to make good choices. Um, so it's a, it's a learned thing. And parents are at fault, for te- and teachers and ministers are at fault, because they don't want us to succeed. Subconsciously, there is this desire amongst people to have somebody else not succeed. Think of the times in your life when you have seen a celebrity, somebody you don't care for maybe. You don't care for their performance or them as a person or whatever have you. You've placed judgment on this person. And they fail. They become a drug addict. They wind up in poverty or whatever have you. And for just a moment, you have this tinge of, yeah, see, they deserve that. Well, all they did was succeed at a level that you didn't do it. So nine times out of ten, what you're really upset about is not the fact that they became wealthy and famous. You're jealous. And jealous is a negative emotion. You want it to be you that has become famous. You want it to be you who has made the money. And, you know, I can sing better than him. I've said that about Chris Christopherson. I'm sorry, I just can't 
by by the man as an actor or a singer. And I do know for sure that I can sing better than Chris Christopherson. However, Chris Christopherson is his own person, and he's had his level of success. That wasn't mine. My level of success was different. He probably can't do what I have been able to do through life. So, you know, it's it's a mind game. And choices are, you know how many choices in a day we make, Beth? I mean, the number is just humongous. You had to pick this morning what you were going to wear. What um, perfume were you going to put on? Uh, What did you have for breakfast? What did you have for lunch? Uh, Did you have a Coke or a cup of coffee? Uh, Did you go to work a different way because the traffic was bad on the freeway? Uh, You see, we have those thousands and thousands and thousands of choices a day, and we don't think about them. We don't think about them from the, the standpoint of, gee, I just made a choice. They're unconscious. But if you start putting that same effort into making choices, then you'll find that it's easier to move on to the next step. Thoughts and choices are so intertwined, it, it you can't imagine. They're just, if you put them in a graph where they were both a circle, they're almost covering each other. Well, in an ad I saw about your book, it said nine out of ten people sabotage themselves. What are they, let's say, the five biggest mistakes in life to avoid? Well, um, let me think a second here. The five biggest mistakes, um, well, first of all, is negative thinking. 77% of all the thinking we do is negative. Now, think if you could change that around a little bit. Maybe just 70-30. That would be a 7% difference. Mm-hmm. But the impact in your life would be dramatic. You need to eliminate, and that's part of the process of KISS, you need to eliminate negative thinking and try to turn as much of that 77% around from negative thinking to positive thinking. And again, negative thinking is something we are, we are taught. And we see it on TV. I mean, I really don't like to watch much TV, especially some of the sitcoms, because they're they're put-down humor. I don't need somebody on television to put somebody else down to make me laugh. And that's negative thinking. And these are supposedly characters that love each other, husbands and wives. Well, a good husband and wife don't put each other down for the sin, for the you know sake of a, a laugh. So the first one is that we're negative thinkers. We've talked about the second one, which is truth. Learning the difference between truth with a capital T and truth with a small t. And there's a there's a line in a movie, we all know it, you can't handle the truth. Well, the fact is you can handle the truth once you learn what it is and how to apply it. Everything in the world is not a tragedy. So the truth is that something happens, it's just an event. A little over a year ago, my right leg was amputated below the knee. I still don't know why in the spiritual realm that has happened to me. And it's been a tough road for me because I've had you know, sores and blisters and, and all of the rest. I have trouble walking on my prosthetic leg. But it's just an event. It's just the truth is my leg was cut off below the knee. If I start adding qualifiers to it, it changes it all. 
third is probably being indecisive. Not about choices. You just can't make a choice. I met a girlfriend one time. <laughs> Poor girl. She could not go to any restaurant and decide what to order. Well, this looks good. Wait a minute. This over here looks good. I don't know. I say, oh, 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 look at that. And this, I would wait sometimes 45 minutes for her to decide what to order. Well, that's an extreme, but that happens to all of us. Everybody that is listening to this has gone to a restaurant and couldn't decide what they wanted because they had so many good things. And life is like that. It's full of good things. But you have to make the right choices that are right for you. If you're a diabetic, you can't have the ice cream sundae. Well, it's not that you can. You can do anything you want. But the better decision would be not to have the ice cream sundae with the double fudge on. Mm. So, you know, from those standpoints, people are indecisive. They can't make a sound decision. The next one is trying instead of doing. There, Beth, there's no such thing as try. Go home tonight and take a magic marker and mark out the word try in your dictionary. It doesn't exist. You either do something or you don't. Now, Yoda did talked about this in a movie. Uh, I was long before Yoda. Um, you either do something or you don't. When I got up on August the 1st three years ago, well, actually, it'll be three years ago tomorrow, um, I said, I'm going to lose some weight. I didn't know how. I didn't know what I was going to do. And today, three years later, I am maintaining a weight loss of 160 pounds. Hmm. I didn't try to do it. I just did it. People said to me, oh, you have to write a book if you've lost that much weight and maintain it. I mean, must it would be a great book because I'd like to lose that much weight. And I'd say, I, more likely would be a pamphlet because I really don't have anything to say about how I did it because I really don't know how I did it. And the final one is failing to really get to know you and loving you. That one is very hard. It has taken me a long time to learn to love myself. The first stage is learning to like yourself. We can we can meet a stranger on the street, and 30 minutes after we meet, we say things like, you know, I feel like I've known him a lifetime. And you become really good buddies, and, and you rely on them, and they become a part of your very intimate uh, circle. Why can't you do that for you? Why can't you learn to like you and then learn to love you? You learn to like them in 30 minutes. You learn to love them in a short span of time probably too. Why can't you do that for yourself? Why can't you look in the mirror and like that person that's looking back at you? You know what it all boils down to? One very simple thing. What's we that? don't believe in it. We don't believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's that doubt, that creeping doubt. So um, how can I, I be a person? How can I be such a good person? I'm not a good person. Yes, you are. God created you, and God created you, you, not somebody else. Well, as we um, as we finish up here, we have about two minutes left in the show. Is there anything you'd like to um, to end with promotion of your book or upcoming books? Well, uh, they can get the. Um, Kiss book at, uh, this is funny, it's thegreatkisser.com. You can be driving along the freeway 
and you'll remember that one, thegreatkisser.com. That is the kissing book. Um, keep it and simple that's, and smart. That's also listed in the episode info um, on the show page. I uh, put okay. li- links up to your websites. And you can also uh, get that through Amazon. Okay. The two new books, I have two new books, one called, and you're going to think this is odd because it was the first book I wrote, or the second book I wrote, A Thousand and One Things to Worry About. Uh, not not worry about. It's a thousand and one things to worry about. And the other book is called The Bedtime Reader. It's a collection of short stories. This volume is called The Classics. It's stories by uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Poe, um, Charles Dickens. They're all short stories. It's about 400 pages of short stories. It's a good book to take on a a plane with you if you're going someplace, and even if you don't finish it, you can throw it in the suitcase and pick up where you left off. And that both are coming out this week. Uh, when did you say they're coming out? I'm sorry. I... They're coming out this week. Oh, great. Well, this is the perfect timing for our interview then. Um, right. Even though we, we had um, a couple of uh, times we couldn't get together, including almost today. <laughs> um, it sounds like well, that... Uh, the the two new books are not there haven't been web pages done for them so I'll tell you what you do send me an email rick r i c there's no k at rickmorgan.com and tell me okay. you'd like to buy the worry book or the reader and I'll okay, get back to you and then you can you know you, I'll send you the book all right well as we finish up here I want to thank you Rick Morgan you were a great guest thank and you. I appreciate thank I appreciate you. your time. And this I'm is, glad we finally got together. Absolutely. And this is Beth Shankle Anderson for the Success Design signing off. <laughs>